Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the second best comic book podcast that I host. This week, I have with me someone who is, according to Wikipedia, a hunter of whales, seals, and sea turtles, Megalodon. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) And just arriving from his spaceship, the scuttlebutt, is Beta Ray James. Hey. I just found that out today, that Beta Ray Bill's spaceship was called the scuttlebutt that's a fantastic name weren't the 70s a grand time (laughs) or is he an 80s character he's got to be a 70s character oh you 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 might as well start over dude you just like made a huge mistake Uh uh-oh what is is he 80s yep he's so silly he had to be 70s i'm not starting all over there i'm gonna keep my mess up in there Oh no, Beta Ray Bill fans everywhere say down with the VF Comics podcast. Uh, They'll be fine. At least they'd be saying (laughs) something. That's true. We need to get our name out there. Even good, bad press is good press. We'll take it. Yeah. We don't know anything. Beta Ray Bill uh, had the hammer before Thor, right? And then he passed it on to Thor? No. Yeah, that's what happened. I know everything about Beta Ray Bill. Trust me, guys. So let's go ahead and go to our first thing. Something I'm really excited about to talk about with you guys is that the newest DC movie, The Suicide Squad, came out this past weekend. And we might be part of the problem because it looks like its box office intake was not great. But we streamed it at the house and watched it. But before we get into any spoiler territory, I want you guys to think of one sentence to describe how you felt about this movie. Surprisingly, this is less of a sentence and more just words. Surprisingly unpredictable uh, for an action movie, you know, for what it was. And it was a lot of fun. Thank you for but your also, I slept sentences. through part of it. I'm sorry. You did. I you was had also to catch asleep for part of it, so I don't know if I'm the most reliable source on reactions. Uh, I would say uh, perfectly adequate. <laughs> perfectly adequate. Oh my yeah, god! I kind of love that. See, that's um, what I had two words. So we can't sentence. We can word. Yeah, I was just like, if I'd said two words, you guys would have done a whole sentence. I know it. That's exactly what would happen. (laughs) Um, No, it's okay. I thought the movie was perfectly insane. Um, Insane in a positive way. I can't even limit myself. So I say that in that the movie is to me silly in all the right places and serious in the right places like it nailed good character writing something dc movies have struggled with while including some of the silliest things to show up in a dc movie since general zod's disco outfit (laughs) you know back in superman 2 like starro which is not a spoiler because he's in the trailer starro is one of the most comic accurate looking and behaving comic book characters I've seen on screen like this. I loved it. I couldn't get over Starro. It was yeah, so really, cool. They really made him, uh, you know, Starro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I, the one that, that you see on that infamous cover, you know, yeah. that big, silly starfish. 
it looks so good. Like they did a great job. It didn't look out of place. It definitely looked alien, which works because Starro is an alien. And man, so to get into spoilers, what Starro does to the thinker, oh. that that and what King Shark does to that one soldier, oh. the two best, most glorious moments in the entire movie. Well, um, also the eye, uh, his eye being like oh, eaten man. by rats. That was kind of intense. Especially the beginning of the movie, the way it starts off. You don't even get to see what some of these guys are capable of before they just bite the dust. I was going to say that was kind of like, I think that's what I mean by unpredictable. It's not that the plot is necessarily like, you know, it's still a action movie, but um, anyone could die. Like it was, we had no idea who was going to be alive at the end of the movie. I mean, we had a whole drinking game based on that. Yeah, and honestly, there were surprises in there. I, you know, I don't think I surprised anybody with the thinker. Um, I won't, I'll go ahead and say I won't spoil who my big surprise was. But I will say that I was surprised by a couple of the deaths. Um, Which, you know, most standard movies, I feel like at least one of those characters was somebody they wouldn't normally kill. Who would be off, you know, off base, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? It would just be untouchable. Like something bad might happen to them, but they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, wasn't Harley kind of like that, I guess? I mean, I, I never felt like she was going to die at any point. I hoped that she would and that they would let this Flash movie really Whoa. reset things so it didn't matter. Just no. because how shocking it would be. But she, I think that's the only purpose it would serve. That, yeah. She needs to, to keep playing Harley for a long time. Yep. I hope they reboot the universe and there's just a few actors they keep around because some of them are so great at what they do. I, I kind of watch comic book movies with the baggage of all the others that have come before. Uh, you would have to say that this is a great improvement on the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, I, I just think that over time, you just sort of see, start seeing this like pattern with uh, with comic movies that I think this one what was able to sidestep a bit. Um, I think that you know ha- ha- being able to have a an R rating helps, as well as you know having somebody behind the uh, camera who actually has sort of a style and and, and brings something to the book or rather the movie. It's good to have somebody who who can bring something to the movie that is different and very much of their personality. And that's James Gunn. Oh, Uh, absolutely. You know, he, I, I think that really DC has sort of done a better job of kind of letting people run, run their own, kind of things with their movies, but the it, it's kind of shaky, <laughs> some of the stuff that happens. And then they want to come back and then, you know, completely rework it before they release it because that they want it to be more, more profitable. Um, but this time James Gunn turned in a winner and, uh, you know, he's, he's very talented. He. And I think, you know, if you look at James Gunn's 
filmography, you'll see you'll see some like similarities in the things that he likes to do, but they're pretty varied. And he has a does a great job of mixing like serious character drama with things that are absolutely outrageous. Um, I don't think anyone could have handled Guardians of the Galaxy better uh, than he did. Like he took a team that no one needed about, and instead of making an origin story about all of them, he did what every movie does, and he just said, "Hey, they exist. Here's the plot." Well, it's just that you know, whenever people start reading comics. You uh, you see people always wanting to try to get the first issue or want to know about the uh, character and everything. And, and you're probably like me, whereas the way you, you get into comics is you just jump in into the story. You know, you don't necessarily need to know everything about what came before whenever you're reading. And a lot of times th- those mysteries are part of the fun of it. And you can go back and, you know, find out more about that character. And besides Hellboy, especially characters that have been been around since before the year 2000, um, they've usually had reboots and continuity changes and different authors who they allow to take out different things and spinoffs and what if scenarios and Elseworlds. There's just there's so much out there. And, you know, like if if I was like, oh, man, I want to read about Batman, but I want to read, you know, his uh, origin story. Cool. Which one? From mm-hmm. which universe? <laughs> like, there's just there's so many options out there, and that's how. And again, like you said, James, like I got in by just jumping into it. I jumped in after Final Crisis. Batman died, and I saw a Batman and Robin series where Dick Grayson was Batman and Damian Wayne was Robin, and I didn't know anything about Damian. I slowly caught up by picking up some stuff before that was relevant, and man, that Batman and Robin series I think is so good. So, um, yeah, this, yeah, I, all in all, I think the movie is incredible. They do a great job. It does stink about what seems to have happened with its box office numbers, but surely Warner Brothers and all that is taking into account the streaming numbers, too. Mm-hmm. I know they get those numbers. So unless they're going to pull a Disney and use the box office numbers to downplay things so they don't have to pay their uh, their actors what they should be getting paid, um, which is kind of, you know, if you don't know, that's a little bit stab at like Disney's trying to get away with some shifty stuff with Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. because of the black widow movie. Um, so unless Warner brothers is looking to do that, I think that they see how critically successful this is. And I'm sure they've seen the streaming numbers and putting it together and going, all right, this was a no brainer. Yeah. Like they've already greenlit a peacemaker uh, series, which I assume yeah, is going the, to be, but yeah. the uh, the theater owners are probably not sharing that sentiment. Oh uh, no, they're not. Know, they're definitely not. Off of a uh, coming off of you know a pandemic, and now with, with a second wave coming, and you know you only get what was it sixteen million or something off of a off of one of your tentpole movies. Yeah. You know, that's that's not cool at all. Well, just a couple months ago, this was supposed to be one of the movies that got people back into theaters. So that, you know, I know that, you know, like they may have been looking at that. And then the last couple months, things changed and they didn't if they didn't adjust properly, which how could you like that's such a 
without getting too much into studio stuff, that seems like such long-term planning stuff has to happen with that. And so just turning on a dime and changing your expectations and where money's being funneled is probably not something you can do. Hopefully they saw HBO Max subscriptions go up. They saw the streaming numbers and it helps. Man, I just, I really enjoyed it. I want to see more stuff like it. Uh, But DC has an inconsistent track record, which I think could give us some of the best stuff, but it's also going to give us some of the worst stuff. Um, So yeah. Oh, and John Cena. I have not seen, I don't think I've seen John Cena in a movie yet. I loved him as Peacemaker. I was really impressed that, I mean, he is sharing the screen most of the time with Idris Elba and I thought he kept up really well. I mean, Idris Elba is a very unique an amazing actor to me, but John Cena did a really great job. And I know he's done some acting and had some parts here and there, but Have you I, seen that, uh, I comedy that he was in a while back where he has like a, a teenage daughter and he's like following her around, making sure that she doesn't get in trouble. I heard about that and I heard he was really, really funny in it, Oh, he is. but I haven't seen it. I'm going to have to look that up now because I'm down. And I mean, Man, does he wear that super suit? <laughs> I mean, he is. I didn't realize how th- just thick he was <laughs> as like a person. Like he is gigantic. Yeah, he also wears that Azad. The what? Azad Azad shirt. You know what that is? It's uh-uh. a. Uh, it's, it, it, it's that super tight polo shirt he was wearing. In oh the- yeah. You see, he wore that outfit in an interview, too, on one of the late shows. What outfit? His Peacemaker outfit. Oh, really? Well, it's just, yeah. It is a really great sight gag. Yeah. And honestly, like he's I think he's perpetually physically like that, where it's like some people get stacked for the movie and then don't continue and you know keep it going. John Cena is kind of like the rock, and I think they just perpetually look that way. <laughs> they are never not working out. Yeah, James. Um, blah, 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 blah. Megan, were you going to say something? I wasn't. It's not important. I just wanted to talk about oh. King Shark because I love him. Oh, King Shark was so oh, he good. was so good. Yeah, maybe the voice was was a King Shark, right? Yeah, yeah Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone, which like that's cool. <laughs> Oh my gosh, King Shark was so cute. Also, like, didn't know anything really about Ratcatcher, and now I'm really interested in oh Ratcatcher. Oh my god, yeah. So, like, could I couldn't have told you that Ratcatcher would be a character I'd ever give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are in 2021. So anyways, we're going to go ahead and move on, uh, because I don't want to recap the entire movie for everybody. You should definitely check it out. Maybe go see it in theaters if you feel safe in the theater. Um, to help those numbers. But now I want to talk about this weekend is one of the coolest events that happens in comic books. It is free comic book day this Saturday, September 14th. There is not a better time to get into comics because it's free. It's free, 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 free. There's no reason not to go and grab something because you can go in, not buy anything and it's free. Um, But as a side note, to make James feel better, you should totally buy something while you're in there, but also pick up your free comics. Um, uh, the only thing I'm always wary of is getting anything from the big two Marvel and DC. Cause I feel like their stuff's always like 
previews for events to come more than they are like a book to read. But that's just been my experience when I've grabbed those issues. Guys, what do y'all think looks cool on free comic book day to pick up? Well, uh, House of Slaughter uh, looks really great. Uh, you're going to have a lot of folks coming in asking for that. Um, the Marvel and DC stuff always intrigues me because I like kind of being able to get uh, a taste of, of what they're going for, for for the rest of the year and into next year because, you know, the, the status quo is always changing and they're always, you know, wanting to, to, you know, shake things up. Um, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these free comic book day books, I think this year, especially are, are going to have first appearances. Uh, collectors are really, are really uh, uh, coming after those. I've already had people asking for like, five copies, six copies. And a lot of times I have to tell folks, look, can't do it. You know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's going to be hard to find some of the books that we're most excited about. Like you said, uh, enter the house of slaughter is the, um, something is killing the children spinoff. That's going to set up, I think for house of slaughter. And I really, really want that, but I'm also not expecting to find it because it's it's in really high demand. There are shops that are already pre-selling that online, which is to me so gross and against the nature of this event. Um, and I'm kind of upset about it as someone who would love to find it. And especially because comic book day is supposed to be something. It feels like a pay to win situation. Like I would love to get that. I'm really excited about it. But if someone has a lot of money, they might be able to, they're more likely to be able to get it and seal it up and I, that that sucks uh, that's probably probably the, the the main thing i'm looking for i'm also i'm always in, intrigued by the uh, kids stuff what uh what could uh what, what can be given out to kids i love trying to to get kids in the comics um i have a a friend who is uh who's with the uh pulaski county special school district and uh I've had times whenever I've donated a lot of the free comic book day stuff to her for the kids at school, because they have so many different, really interesting uh, stories that are really relatable for kids. Uh, Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, checking that out as well. Megan, did you uh, see anything that looks interesting that you're going to, I know that you unfortunately have to work that day and we're going to put your husband to work. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so what are what are we going to try to get him to pick up for you? Okay, so Dark Horse Comics is going to have a Avatar: The Last Airbender, Airbender, and Legend of Korra, and Ooh. I'm so excited. I want that because <laughs> that sounds amazing. So I mean, that is exactly what it sounds like. It's just like some some bonus Korra and uh, Last Airbender content. Yes, I love. That show, it's one of the only shows, after The Last Airbender is one of the only shows I've gotten Ashley to sit with me and actually watch it through consistently and like not have huge gaps of time between episodes. It's so uh, good. Did I see that, that they were doing a, an adaptation of On Tyranny? Uh, yes, that's actually one of mine, is that Timothy Snyder, uh, the writer of On Tyranny, 
is doing a um it's basically it's the entire thing is not going to be in it but basically the free comic book day issue is going to be an excerpt from his upcoming graphic edition uh with art by nora king and so that's happening yeah that looked awesome yeah that book is incredible um yeah just scary incredible (laughs) especially considering when it was written and and all that it's almost like Somebody's taking the playbook and using Ooh. it. So, yeah. It, for, yeah, I read that. Gosh, did that come out like several years ago, if I'm not mistaken? Well, and yeah, it, it was a, one of the, it was like the number one New York Times bestseller for a bit. And for those who don't know what this is, it is a historian of fascism offers a guide for surviving and resisting America's turn towards authoritarianism. Yeah, I'm it is. That came out wow. during a, during like the uh, tea party days or something, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember right, they called it. So, so yeah, if um, you know, that's again just to show the variety. We were talking about different kid things. This is another thing that's on. And if you're interested in a graphic novel version of that because you've read it, or this is the first time you read it, this excerpt should be a really cool way to check that out. I love the variety. We were talking about Avalar Tour, the last airbender, and then we're talking about on tyranny. Eee, I love comics. <laughs> Yay, comics. <laughs> um, what else you got for us, Meg? So image is going to have a special expanded edition of the, um, some of something from the series, stray dogs. I know we've talked about that previously. I think we did. Um, Oh yeah. So that looks good. And then um, there's going to be a life is strange comic coming out which you know if you haven't played the game then what are you doing with your life what what i haven't played those i've kind of seen them they're like kind of like a are they kind of like a um what's it called like a telltale type of game or what does that mean um you ever play like the walking dead the telltale series or anything like that they're kind of like more narrative experiences oh yeah 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 this is very narrative yeah which I, okay. that's like my thing. I love, that's my favorite part of a game, unless we're playing like Mario. So there's that. Okay. But, um, and then, so yeah, that's that. If you haven't played that, you need to do that. But also, yeah, this looks great. And then, um, Dark Horse is going to have a critical role, uh, slash The Witcher, which I don't really know why those two are going to be in one comic, but they, they are. So. Do you, is it one of those ones where, like, I know sometimes for comic book day, they'll have, um, it's a book that you can flip and one side is one story and one side's the other. It may be because it is, it's both. It, it's not just, you know. Okay. So I bet that's, I was like, oh my gosh, Critical World is going to no. cross over with The Witcher. No. This is going to be weird. Yeah, no, that sounds like somebody's dream that they had. Yes. You know, that's not happening. It is somebody's if dream. If you read it, just one page and then the other page, it could be like that. You could pretend. No, it sounds like those stories might be disconnected a little bit. <laughs> no, it's fine. Everything's um, fine. So besides on tyranny, I had on my list another one that I just thought looked really cool. And the it was the art that looks cool for it. It's called Bountiful Garden. I don't know anything about it. Looks really neat. The synopsis I found was crewed by teenage geniuses frozen in cryosleep. The Jemison is on a mission to terraform other worlds and provide hope for the human race. 
but when the ship is mysteriously stopped over a world. Oh, sorry. I lost my foot. But when the ship is mysteriously stopped over a planet that isn't on any of their maps, the crew finds themselves suddenly awoken 10 years early. One half remains behind to try to try and assess the damage. And the other is dispatched to the planet below to figure out the answer to a perilous question. What stopped the ship? And is it friend or foe? So it sounds kind of like just a suspenseful sci-fi sort of story. Really cool, neat little one shot. I don't know much about it or if it's connected to something else that's already out. um, But something I'm going to try to grab. So, yeah, again, free comic book day. This Saturday, September 14th, every local comic book shop will be giving away free comics. You have no excuse not to pick a comic up. Every single person. Go get a free book. Go get a free book. I'm not doing anything that day. I'm going to get free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Yeah, my husband better go. Is he listening right now? Yeah, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're I don't know. talking you about. Know, you, I'll text him. He probably won't know it's me since he's so rude to me. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm going to tease him forever about that. Anyways, getting super off topic. So the next thing I want to talk about is this past weekend, and you'll be able to see the YouTube video on Wednesday, on, and I'm going to uh, embed it on our blog. But... I did a video preview of the Cursed Swords logbook. A while back, we talked about interactive graphic novels, and a lot of them were based in a digital format. They are, you know, they use music and sound and video to enhance the webcomic experience. Well, uh, Meso Rich and his company, Bubba Dutch, created an authentic, you know, material-wise, an authentic pirate graphic novel called The Cursed Swords Logbook that includes journal excerpts, um, music pages. uh, There was a feather and secret notes in there. Um, It also just, it smelled like just wood it smelled like when i open it up you can smell it it was crazy so it's the first i don't know i don't know if interactive graphic novels are this huge thing i don't think they've really taken off i can't wait to read it and get a review up but wednesday you can check out what i'm talking about on our website vfcomicspodcast.com and at our youtube site youtube is still kind of up and going so i will be again embedding it on a blog post um, so I wanted to let you guys know that and don't worry, Meg, I'm going to bring it to work so you can see it and touch it. But if you heard it, I'm going to be so upset. Ashley got this for me for my birthday and it's so cool. I'm so excited to see it. For our last piece of news, something that happened today on the day of a recording, we're actually recording on Monday this week. Uh, apparently James Tinian, the fourth, or what's the short form you use james <laughs> you wake me up j4 j4 or our <laughs> boy j4 um is leaving dc and just to remind you who he is this is a guy who has just written a slew of things but his two big ones right now are nice house on the lake for um, dc's black label and then also something is killing the children which has turned out to be a surprise mega hit and 
Um, something against killing the children is not published with DC, but the nice house on the lake is. So James, uh, tell me what's going on because I did not see this. I've had a busy day. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was announced today that, uh, he was leaving DC to, uh, to go and, uh, do work for Substack. They've apparently offered him a contract good enough to get him to, to pretty much drop all of his DC work and, uh, go and go and work for them. So, uh, he's still going to do his, uh, creator own stuff. You know, something's killing the children, house of slaughter, uh, and even, uh, uh, nice house by the lake. Um, but his DC universe stuff, I, I, I don't think people realize how big this kind of is for DC just because, uh, I mean, before he started on Batman, you know, the, the title was languishing sales wise. Um, when he came on now, it's, it's probably the best selling book they've got right now. Uh, and, and I mean, Batman usually is their, their best selling book, but I mean, in his case, you know, you're looking at a, a big increase from what was going on whenever Tom King was writing the book. Um, it's been a very popular run. He's cre- created several new characters for DC, um, with Punchline and Clown Hunter and some of the others. This is this is a big deal for for DC because he was he's he's probably the, their marquee name right now. Uh, I think that and they've just taken on. Hurts. I know they've with new with uh, was it this frontier this infinite frontier. They've even brought a bunch of new creators on right now, and they've lost quite a few of their premier people. I know was it Scott Snyder? Uh, you know he finished his death metal and. Now he's made a deal with Amazon mm-hmm. uh, for to for creator own books over there. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Tiny and probably had maybe the top two or three selling books at, at DC. He's supposed to be leaving Batman with issue. Uh, I forget which issue it is, but it's not very far off. You know, it's crazy, and it just feels really, really abrupt because, like you said, he's. You know, he's in the middle of writing. Yeah, he has his creator own stuff, but yeah, he's in the middle of writing Batman. So it's wild to me that he would do that. But yeah, they must have offered him a crazy good deal, which is surprising that they I would imagine when DC first heard it would make sense to me that they would try to counter offer. And it's wild to me that uh, Warner Brothers and DC were not able to meet that for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I bet he was probably wanting to to go and do his own. I mean, it's really hard to turn down going and doing your own characters and making the same money as you would when you're working for a corporation where you're creating characters for long-term IP use. Uh, you know, he can, he can get the money doing the work. Plus he can count on being able to own what it is he's creating. I know that, uh, him going digital, you know, kind of irks me a little bit. Uh, I feel like that there should be a strong presence of big time creators in print. Uh, I, 
I talk to several people in the industry and they always say, well, you know, digital doesn't really affect uh, comic prices and, and, and they really don't right now. But uh, going down the road, the uh, success of, of print will need good talent. And, uh, and, and it seems like right now these, uh, these digital companies are, are really trying to make it a, a point to get good talent. You know, whenever people tell me, yeah, you know, digital doesn't affect comic sales or whatever, I always think, yeah, the, the movie theater business used to say that streaming wasn't affecting their box office just a few years ago. And, you know, things change and, uh, you gotta, you, you gotta be, um, in the, in the mindset of kind of protecting your territory with this type of thing. You know, if they keep scooping up creators like him, they will like it, it, it just will affect it. And they seem to be doing it. You know, high if, numbers. If now. they're willing to, to, to pay a guy, as much as he was making as the top writer at DC and let him have his own, his own work. You know, that's somebody who's very invested in trying to get something started. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's doing. I've, tr- I've tried to read digitally for years, but I'm, you know, for playing catch up, I think sometimes digitally is good. Digital has allowed people to go back, like we were talking earlier, and read the origin stories and some books that aren't as accessible now. But, you know, just kind of like with, you know, other kinds of books, physical is just my preferred method. I spend a, I spend the whole day looking at a screen. I'm going to spend all night tonight looking at a screen editing. Um, you know, it just gets to a point where it gives me a headache, hurts my eyes. I just want to get cozy in bed with a Nice graphic novel. Maybe I'll read something simple like the seven soldiers of victory tonight. <laughs> James gets that. That is not a simple story. <laughs> well, the Grant Morrison's seven soldiers of victory anyways. So yeah, we'll see what that ends up entailing. I'm glad that he is not going to stop writing his creator owned books and those will continue to move forward physically. You know, I'm excited to read more from him. But yeah, the digital move concerns me. Um, That's really it for any of our news and discussion. I was going to do the recommendation as the Cursed Swords logbook this week. Unfortunately, I just haven't gotten to reading it and taking it in. There's more there than I expected. So instead of talking about something to recommend today, as far as a graphic novel standalone, let's talk about what you guys have been reading. Before that, are we allowed to talk about what happened to you at work this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need to talk about that. that I think this per- should have been at the beginning, <laughs> but that's fine. Just I just we, remembered. Just for the folks out there. Just for people uh, who are curious. So, uh, yeah. And still listening. Last week. I was attacked by a pack of dogs at the <laughs> at library. A library. <laughs> at a library. I work at a library. I'm a children's programmer. There's no reason I should ever interact with dogs during my job. Um, 
But we had someone come in and they were concerned about this pack of dogs that were getting into someone's trash can. The dogs looked clean. They had collars on. They were relatively small. I wish I could say they were, you know, all giant pit bulls. They weren't. (laughs) They were like pit dachshunds or something. (laughs) So like they're like wieners with big teeth. And so I, you know, I thought the person was just afraid of dogs. So I went out there to see what was going on and I get out there and two of these dogs lock eyes with me and then three or four more come sprinting down the street and then they're all barking. And the next thing I know, they are chomping into the back of my legs. I turn around. I run as fast as I can. I can't explain what my face looked like, but my coworkers seem to have enjoyed it. <laughs> But they, the dog stayed on me. And no matter how fast I was running, the dog stayed on me. So I, there is near our library, uh, some bushes and then like a three foot drop. And I was like, Oh, they're small enough dogs. Maybe they won't, you know, go over the bush and down a drop. So I jumped over some bushes <laughs> down to three foot drop. And just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I physically did not know that I could move like this anymore. <laughs> um, my my assistant manager was just like she tried to you know I don't think she meant it this way but she was like she said she was impressed that she didn't think I could move like that and I looked at her and grabbed my stomach and said what are you talking about I can't move like that <laughs> um, but yeah so I ended up they ended up getting through the skin on one leg tearing up my jeans so I had to go to the hospital file for workman's comp and get a tetanus shot. Huh? <laughs> a pack of wild dogs. Yeah. <laughs> library. They're paying for his jeans. Yeah. The oh, they also get <laughs> yeah, the library. Also, yeah. They uh, they're paying. They they sent me something for some new jeans, so I got to go buy some new jeans. Um. Yeah, it was a good time. He just yeah, someone came in and they were like, "Marcus just got attacked by some dogs," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" What was funny is uh, there was a guy in a truck watching it happen, and he started honking at the dogs, and they just did not care. And then later, he was saw me inside later in the day. He was like, "Hey, you doing all right?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing fine, I guess." And he was like, "He was like, yeah, I saw those dogs," and I was like, "Oh, you were the guy in the truck watching? Cool, 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 cool." I wouldn't have got out. I'm not willing to step into packs of water. No, no one, no, no one should have been here in that situation. It just, it was the last thing I expected to happen that day. Um, he really yeah, set the mood for the day. That doesn't happen every day, does it? No. No, I don't get, people at libraries don't get attacked by wild dogs every day. Some the strange stuff does day. happen, though. Thanks, uh, thanks for that, guys. Vicious <laughs> slash. Just wieners with big heads and lots of teeth <laughs> oh yeah i saw what? them i imagine like some big old dogs and i saw them later and i was like a couple of those are a little pretty <laughs> yeah, they, small they, they, they were they were only biting at like my calves they couldn't get yeah. above my knees without like was pretty standing big. up i mean it still well, yeah. scared me a couple of them were one of them was pretty big a couple of them were decent size but the others were not well it would it would have scared me too so yes, you're, you're you're still a clown though you still got bit by one on the leg. That is just clownish. Good. What? Get, getting inside, I was willing to laugh about it because I was like, I mean, that's weird. But now every day someone's like, hey, remember that time Marcus got attacked by a pack of dogs? Yeah, it's a good time. Because, <laughs> you know, it. and by every, by somebody, Megan. It's actually <laughs> just me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like pointed out to everybody that you were wearing your dog attack pants today. Yeah. Well, like, they didn't have the holes aren't pants. that big, and I haven't gotten new jeans yet because they're I've been like really teeth sized. It looks yeah. like someone bit your pants. It'll, yeah, I'm looking at them now. I'm still wearing. I'm wearing them right now. Wore them to work today. <laughs> Ashley's so mad. She wants me to get new jeans. She wanted me to get new jeans before this, and now there are holes in the calves. <laughs> Anyways, let's oh, let's move on. Time. Let's move on here. Um, Megan, what have you been reading lately? What you get? What you got? Did Sorry, you mute yourself because you were laughing so hard? I, no, okay, I I sneeze, so I okay. Myself. I was like, "What is going uh, on?" No, sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about just a couple of things real quick that kind of stick out stood out to me this month. Um, one of them was called woman world by Amander, um, doll, dollawall, Amander dollawall. That's my favorite name. Okay. So this was basically a post apocalyptic slice of life. If the post apocalyptic world were completely women. So in this, in this scenario, there's a birth defect that has wiped out, gradually wiped out uh, the entire population of men. So uh, the world is just women and it's just, it's not really a narrative. It's just snippets of life in this new world. And it is absolutely hysterical and I highly recommend it. And it's not that long. I read it just like in a day, but it's really good. I loved it. And then another one is um, In Between Days, a memoir about living with cancer. And that's by Tiva Harrison, because I have to read me a good, sad memoir at least once a month. And uh, yeah, this was literally, like it says, it was just about her um, journey through living life with terminal cancer, knowing that it is terminal and that it's not going to go away and how she kind of dealt with that. And um, this was published a few years ago um, and she has since passed away. Um, But she was diagnosed with terminal cancer at 37. And um, so that's just kind of about struggling with making plans for the future and um, her relationships and things like that. And, but yeah, that was really enjoyable as well. So I recommend both of those. If anyone is interested, if you want to be really sad, the memoir is good. I cried. So, you know, the end uh let's see i've been reading a lot of vault lately um uh blue flame has been excellent uh story of uh of a superhero in sort of in between two worlds one he's a uh, intergalactic superhero who is representing earth in a trial uh to see if humanity is worth keeping around. Oh, cool. And uh, he's also a real life superhero back home who, uh, you know, does his street patrols and everything and uh, ends up being involved in a mass shooting. Uh, Those two different paths uh, kind of, uh, overlap with each other in a way uh, addressing different themes uh, really good book and let's see there's also barbaric I've, I can't talk enough about how awesome that book is uh, hilarious um, a uh, 
story about a barbarian who is cursed to only do good. And uh, his he has an axe that talks that sort of keeps him on the right path, uh, that drinks blood. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it works on so many different levels. Uh, if you're looking for good old hack and slash sword and sorcery type stuff, you got it. If you're looking for a little bit of comedy, it's got it. A little bit of social satire, a uh, good book. And let's see, what else? Yeah, I really want to read that one. Yeah, since you talked good. about it when you were, yeah, when you recommended it. I really want it. And um, Ordinary Gods. I, I think the second issue comes out uh, this week. Uh, that was a great first issue. Really intriguing. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing down, uh, down that story. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been reading. Cool, cool. I only gathered a few things that I've been reading. I've been reading way too much lately. Um, I have a problem. No, Uh, um, I've been reading too much. My mom's so mad. Uh, But (laughs) I just finished a. I just finished one of the bad ideas books, Tankers, uh, which uh, completed its run. And you know, I really wish Tankers had been a longer ongoing series. Um, I feel like there was a lot more going on there, and it ends. I wouldn't say on a cliffhanger. You know, it it ends on like just like an action moment moving forward, like they have a plan. Uh, for those who don't remember, well, the last time I recommended Tankers, Tankers is about a private oil company is running out of oil, and so they decide to send mercenaries and mech suits back in time to kill more dinosaurs to help create more oil. Oh, they do so, but it affects the timeline. Which causes dinosaurs, or, and so what they do is they um, they deviate the asteroid that was going to kill the dinosaurs. What was that? <laughs> so dinosaurs end up evolving and becoming apex predators on the planet um, when they come when they come back through the portal, and it is just over the top, silly and stupid and fun and like. Uh, sarcastic, um, but it, it it does end with they managed to make it back. And so, spoiler alert for the end of it: if you haven't picked up bad ideas, tankers, they, it ends with they get back through the portal to go undo their mistake. Because what they're going to do is they're going to stop themselves from deviating the asteroid. Well, they miss that mark. Well, there's only one way to make sure there are no dinosaurs in the future who have evolved. And that's kill every dinosaur that exists. Oh my god. And so they storm off to kill every existing dinosaur at the end. It's absurd. I love it. Um, I've also been reading The Lot, which is about a cursed uh, film lot. It is taking some interesting twists and turns. The black and white art, it's one of the few times that I, sometimes when I read comics in black and white, it's usually a way for them to save money. It definitely adds a lot to the tone. Um, This book has surprised me in how I thought it was going to be more subtle, but 
it's it's not necessarily pop out there either. Um, there's definitely some really creepy stuff going on, and I can't really see where it's going. You know, the nice thing about I think a bad idea book is I know that it's going to end relatively soon. It's a limited series, uh, so I don't have to worry about not getting an end to this. Um, but yeah, it's going to some pretty dark places. It's really good. Um, I'm also reading two books based on defunct cartoons that ended a long time ago. And one of those is Batman. The adventures continue by DC comics. It is a continuation of Batman, the animated series. And it's really cool because they've introduced characters in it that never appeared in the cartoon, like red hood or Deathstroke, And they've done a really good job of updating the art while keeping it feeling the same. Uh, Deathstroke looks like he's ripped straight out of the cartoon. Although his orange and blue does look especially absurd here. Uh, <laughs> but I've really enjoyed it. Season two of the series just started. If you're a big fan of those old Batman cartoons, I think this is definitely something worth picking up and seeing how they're remixing and adding to that Batman mythos. Uh, I'm wondering how in line they're going to stay with the canon of all those Batman and Justice League cartoons. But that's just the mega nerd in me. Wondering like, oh, don't contradict yourself here because in episode in season three, episode 21, you know, I, yeah, like I'm going to be that way about it, but I don't care. I'm still enjoying it. It's fun. And the other cartoon, and this is one most people haven't heard of because it only went on for three seasons in the 90s, and that's Beast Wars Transformers. I, l- I love Transformers, but I've always found the comics difficult. Just because I know in some of the older comics, uh, like some characters are recolors of others. And then the comics can get pretty convoluted and there wasn't a great hopping on spot. Well, recently they decided to relaunch the Beast Wars series. And it's kind of like a remake of the 3D. It wasn't a cartoon. It was was made with 3D, um, early 3D assets. And... It's really cool. They've added a couple of new characters. And again, kind of like Batman Adventures continue. It's just fun. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And if you know someone who's into Transformers and they kind of want an easy hop on, I would say this is a really easy hop on point for Transformers. It's it takes place on its own. It doesn't mix with the other series. Um, and it's pretty it's pretty simple. And I would definitely say like, you know, kid friendly and in those terms. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I have been reading lately. Um, but we want to know what all of you are reading. Please go to our Facebook on our Instagram or, you know, holler at us on Twitter at VF comics podcast and tell us what you're reading. We want to know what you're reading so we can help inform our reading better. I want to read what you're reading. I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Um, I want to read the bad stuff that you're reading. I want to read the good stuff that you're reading. Um, I want to spend more money at James's shop. James, is that okay? I guess, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. You're a good friend. Uh, um, and so, you know, let us know and, you know, throw suggestions at us. We'd love to check out and give an opinion on anything that you think is cool. Um, you can also visit the website, vfcomicspodcast.com. You can leave us reviews on there. Please follow and uh, subscribe, like, give us reviews. I don't care what the star count is. We would love to get reviews on how this is going so we can make a better comics podcast for all of you. 
And coming up here soon in the next few months, we are starting to get together some different independent artists and creators to come onto the show and talk to us about some of their indie projects. And I want to talk about all these cool indie stories that are happening because those stories are not being touched by mega corporations. They're unique, individualized stories. So hope so we'll get that going soon. I'm really pumped about it. And that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next week at the VF Comics Podcast. 